Good morning, everyone. This morning's reading is from Romans chapter 6, verse 5 to verse 18. So if you want to open your Bibles, give you a minute to do that. This is the word of God. For if we have become one with him, permanently united in the likeness of his death, we will also certainly be one with him and share fully in the likeness of his resurrection. We know that our old self, our human nature without the Holy Spirit, was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live together with him. Because we know the self-evident truth that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin, ending its power and paying the sinner's debt once and for all. And the life that he lives, he lives to glory, to, glor to glorify God in an unbroken fellowship with him. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin and your relationship to it broken, but alive to God in unbroken fellowship with him in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts and passions. Do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God in a decisive act as those alive raised from the dead to a new life and your members, all of your abilities sanctified, set apart as instruments of righteousness yielded to God for sin will no longer be a master over you since you are not under the law as slaves but under unmerited grace as recipients of God's favor and mercy what then are we to conclude shall we sin because we are not under the law but under God's grace certainly not do you not know that when you continually offer yourselves to someone to do his will you are the slaves of the one whom you obey, either slaves of sin which leads to death or of obedience which leads to righteousness, right standing with God. But thank God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient with all your heart to the standard of teaching in which you were instructed and to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, you have become the slaves of righteousness, of conformity to God's will and purpose. Thanks so much, Brad. All right. So, thanks be to God. <laughs> Seven years. Seven years I have uh, I've worked at this church. <clears throat> Seven years it's taken to get a gig preaching. <clears throat> imagine, 
Hundreds of kids' talks. Hundreds of kids' talks under the tyranny of seven minutes. <laughs> and imagine my joy when Philippa says, hey, would you like to preach? I said, cool, how much time do I get? That's great. She said, 45 minutes, that's totally fine. <laughs> Just joking, it wasn't that much. But I'll try and not freedom today to explore a topic in a much greater depth than I usually get to. All right, and that topic is freedom. It's Freedom Sunday today. Um, so yes, as you've seen before, we're partnering with IJM. And so it is, we're not going to sneak up on you. Um, the goal of today is to get your money, okay? So just put that, um, it is worth it. I support IJM as well. And so please um, prayerfully think about that. It is wor- a worthwhile sacrifice of, um, of your hard earned in order to bring about freedom for other people in the world who are not anywhere near as blessed as we are. <clears throat> but the concept of freedom is a little bit more complex in other parts of the world. And I would like to uh, propose that possibly you can't give what you don't have. And so with that in mind, I just wanted to explore freedom a little bit more and mm, maybe just have a little bit think about how free any of us actually are. And so in order to maximise our freedom and in doing so, maximise our ability to share our freedom with other people. So, what do you think when you hear the word freedom? Just have take three seconds. What, maybe an image comes to your mind. All right. Did you think maybe freedom is, you know, being able to go where you want to go or be who you want to be with or um, buy what you want to buy or maybe live where you want to, you know, do what you want to do, be what you want to be, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what you think freedom is, you know? What I think, as you probably know from many of my kids' talks, what I think when I think of freedom, I think in movies, I think in film, and I think in story. And so when I think of freedom, I think of... Let's just make sure that's on. I think of William Wallace. Did that, did that image come to anyone else's mind? <laughs> Thank you, Johan. We're on the same level. All right, so I think freedom. All right, and so I'm going to fire you guys up a little bit about freedom because freedom is what many people across the ages of the world have lived and died for. Um, and so in this movie, a, uh, an amazing scene is uh, just before a battle that he's leading some very unwilling Scots into with the English. And I'm going to share that with you and just fire you up about freedom a little bit. Go. Oh, no. And I have managed to mess that up, Johan. How did I do that? <laughs> All right. Here we go. We've lost the video. (laughs) Can you do that trick that you did before, Johan? (laughs) Might need to quit it. Fix when when an IT system goes wrong. Turn it off and turn it on again. (laughs) Is that what we need to do? Call the IT crowd. Awesome. So, maybe just before, while these guys are getting that set... You guys have probably seen this movie and you probably know what William Wallace was so passionate about. Sort of freedom. I would put across, in his case, tyrannical rule. 
um, over taxation, and and that's what he mentions in the speech. Um, the opposite of freedom is is tyranny. So he was dealing with a tyranny from a government. Um, a lot of the time, when it comes to slavery, we're dealing with tyranny from a business or a or a landlord. Um, but that is what um, we are. And so, just yell out, give us a yell whenever that's ready, and I'll go back into it. And so, that's what we're contrasting freedom with. And you might have might have thought when when I said what what comes to mind when you uh, when I say freedom, I don't know not many of you probably would have said tyranny. Really? Would you would you have thought freedom from a tyrannical government? No? Did that come to anyone's mind? Maybe? Not so much. All right. All right, cool. Let's translate our circumstance a little bit to a few hundred years ago and let's see what William Wallace has got to say. All right. Is anyone else got goosebumps? Yeah, that's good. That's good. And the, the music helps as well, doesn't it? I wish I had music behind me while I was preaching. Maybe next time. All right. But yes, music helps. And so I am going to uh, just illustrate a few, few ways in which a lot of the time this, this concept actually leads itself into music and politics at the same time. Isn't that cool? So when you think of freedom... You think, I think America, the land of the free. They love their freedom, don't they? It's the highest value that they've had ever since the 1700s. They declared their independence from the overtaxing tyranny of Great Britain. And and their national anthem has an interesting story. Um, The song that they love to sing about freedom. It's a a story of a, a battle between England and America. And it was around a, a fort in Maryland <clears throat> that the British uh, were bombarding from ships. And, uh, and the flag was up. And uh, the man who wrote this poem, he was on one of the, sh- the, the British ships. He was a prisoner. And, uh, and he wrote the poem because throughout the night, um, the, uh, the, the ships were bombarding this fort. And he wanted to know, is it, uh, were they still holding out by the morning? And so, by the dawn's early light... The star-spangled banner yet waved. Oh, wait, 
Oh, it's the Jets. Wait for the Jets. There they are. Yes. Awesome. Oh, feeling the freedom. All right. Now, I think when I, when I was a kid, I was having a chat with my grandpa, who was, uh, who was English, and he was introducing me to a thing called the Proms, um, which is a very patriotic event. And, and he was telling me how patriotic the English were. And I said, I thought the Americans were patriotic. And he said, well, they learn it from the English. Because if you, you saw the, uh, the patriotism and the celebration of freedom in that clip just then, let me just share another display of flagrant patriotism celebrating freedom. And you might know the song. How about this one? You thought the Americans were patriotic? Whew. So, tune. Does anyone know the lyrics? Land of hope and glory, mother of the free. Yes, that's why the Americans learn it from the English. The English are the mother of the free. They, uh, they actually, you know, they would like to claim that they actually uh, created the freedom. So, well, look, and it's quite possibly because you're an Australian, all right, and you are the daughters of the mother of the free. When you think about it, what, how does our na national anthem go? Australians, all let us rejoice, for we are... No, we're one and free. <laughs> it's changed now, get it right. But we are free nonetheless. And so freedom is incredibly important to us as humans. Okay, We find it extremely unacceptable when our freedoms are imposed upon um, we haven't really had any tyrannical rule um, imposed upon us since the risk of well, the Japanese invasion in World War II. But um, you might be, have like a, an emotional response when I put up this slide. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, I can feel sort of the, this, the, the feeling. Uh, did anyone else, when that purple background came up, with Dan in his north face, it's just, oh no, what's he going to say now? What freedom are we going to have to give up now? We do know that feeling when our freedom is imposed upon. And so I'd like to um, highlight a few complexities of freedom. Um, it might not be tyrannical rule, it might be <laughs> tyrannical rule, but... Before I do that, I just wanted to give you a bit of a heads up about how this sermon's going to go. All right, so I believe that we are made in the image of God. I'm going to take this guy's face off the screen so that, um, you know, you can just get, get out of that, get out of that feeling. All right, shake it off, shake it off. I believe that we're made in the image of God, all right? So we're a lot like God in a lot of ways. And God is a trinity, okay? Is that true? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, I believe that part of the way that you are like God is that you are like a trinity as well. Okay, so you are mind, body, and spirit. All three parts, all very much you, but distinct and have different roles, but very much the same in their um, importance. So, today, 
I'm going to do a three-part sermon. I'm a very good Reformed preacher so far, I think. Well, are you allowed to, are you allowed to extol the mother of the free Britain if you're a Reformed preacher? I didn't, I didn't have any Dutch examples, sorry. But I'm going to appeal to your mind first, and then I'm going to appeal to your spirit, and then I'm going to appeal to your body, all right? And so... The first thing that we're going to do is get a little bit psychological, a bit historical, a bit nerdy. And, uh, so buckle up, engage your mind. Okay, so here we're going to get more complex than you think is that it has to be balanced with responsibility. You cannot extricate freedom from responsibility. Um, you know, like we said before, like freedom is, yeah, do what you want to do, be what you want to be. But if that is what your freedom is, um, that is actually quite um, that, that's, that's quite an untamed beast. When we gave up our freedom in the COVID lockdowns, um, we were temporarily shifting our focus from the freedom side of life to the responsibility side of life, weren't we? We were taking responsibility by giving up freedom. We were taking responsibility for keeping people healthy, which we didn't like, which is not fun, but I don't know how many people's lives were saved by us, you know, giving up our freedom. I don't know. It might have been thousands, it might have been millions. That's just a really good example of just the how freedom and responsibility cannot be separated. They will, like a pendulum, swing between one and the other, and ideally they'll be balanced in the middle. So, um, I've got, got this concept from one of my literary heroes, a, name, a man called Viktor Frankl. He was an Austrian Jew in the time of World War II. Um, he found himself arrested by the Nazis, and he spent three years in concentration camps, um, including Auschwitz, which took the lives of his father, mother, brother, and wife uh, before being released when Germany surrendered at the end of the war. And what is very interesting about this guy, I find it fascinating, is before the war, he was a published neurologist, psychiatrist, as a contemporary of Sigmund Freud, and the head of a hospital neurology department. So... Obviously, he's going to analyse the other prisoners, <laughs> and that's what he did. And he wrote a book about it called Man's Search for Meaning, and I'd very much recommend you read it um, because it is, yeah, possibly, in my opinion, um, the, the most influential and, um, well, inspiring books that uh, you could possibly read. So please get onto it one day. It's, it's not too long. Very, um, very good read. Um, but if there's anyone qualified to weigh in on what it means to be free, I'd like to say it's probably this guy. Um, and he had this to say about freedom. Please. Freedom threatens to degenerate into mere arbitrariness unless it is lived in terms of its past. And that is why now, uh, for 10 years, that I've been teaching my mentor and they should see to it that the study of liberty on the, test, on the Atlantic coast be supplemented by a statue of responsibility on the Pacific coast. <laughs> Does this sound like a good idea? All right, yeah, maybe we could talk to the Americans about doing that. Or maybe we can just take on that, uh, that sentiment into our own hearts because, uh, like he said, freedom has the risk of devolving into arbitrariness if you separate it from responsibility. Um, arbitrary means random, changeable, based on a whim or undefined. Um, and by if, if freedom becomes arbitrary, then whoever has the greatest power is the only one who's free. They just, they will assert their dominance onto, onto the weak, onto the powerless, and then we see things like tyranny and slavery happening. Might makes right, that's freedom, right? If you've got the biggest bombs, then you're the freest person, you know? And so, Anarchy is freedom. 
Um, but also, you know, even wild animals enjoy freedom without responsibility. And this is, this is where freedom goes. This is a dangerous part of freedom if it's actually divorced from responsibility. And then, in that case, freedom becomes indistinguishable from power, which another great man once said, and Spider-Man well knows. Please? Oh, no. Okay. If anyone's seen any Spider-Man movies, that's the motif running through all of them. With great power comes great responsibility. And so, woe to those who throw responsibility out the window in the name of freedom. Um, we can see that happening throughout history. You can even see that happening um, now to, to a big degree. And, um, and that also happens in our own lives as well. Um, we're going to get to that in just a moment. So... How do we aim towards taking on the ideal amount of responsibility while not giving up too much of our freedom? Somehow, someone who's done a lot of study into this, another one of my favourite authors, um, his name is Jordan Peterson. He's done a lot of um, study into a uh, Swiss psychologist called um, Jean Piaget. Um, he studied children uh, developmentally um, and the way that they developed. And so Jordan had this to say about um, his work and how it works in society. Oops. So for Piaget, a game that a group of children were playing, that all of them were playing voluntarily and that was going well and that they all wanted to continue playing, was a microcosm of society, and literally a microcosm of society. The reason the children were playing those games was to practice being productive members of society. And he felt that the appropriate game tended towards the, a game that you'll play because you decided it's a good game. But then you can play with others because they've also decided that it's a good game. And so that can work at the individual level and at the familial level and at the social level. And if you get all those things working simultaneously, then you have a sustainable enterprise. And it's, it's predicated not so much on the, on the uh, inhibition of impulse or on a, into a, a pattern of being that gratifies them on a relatively permanent basis. You know, if you want to go to university and become a physician, there's a lot of uh, sacrifice of impulsive gratification that goes along with that. But if you become a physician, then it's a noble enterprise. People support you socially, and all the needs that you need to have fulfilled will also... So it's strange that the maximum freedom comes with the adoption of a discipline and then also the adoption of responsibility. That frees you up and everyone else around you in the long run. And if you explain that to people, especially in this day and age when they've been fed a never-ending diet of idiot rights and freedoms, they're immediately on board because they know, they know that most of the meaning that people experience in their life is a consequence of adopting responsibility. Right. So, <laughs> we've gone pretty deep into the psychological side of uh, freedom and responsibility. Now we're going to engage your spirit a little bit. Now you might have thought, oh my gosh, this is not a sermon, this is a lecture so far, but... We're going to read some Bible. All right. So, and, I've, and I like, a, like any good resource. So, 
I wanted to see what these biblical authors had to say about freedom. Let's start with the big guy, Jesus. Not technically an author, but he's the one speaking here. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. The truth will set you free. They answered him, We're Abraham's descendants. We've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we should be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. All right. Take take note of the word slave. It's going to pop up a few times, and it popped up a few times in the reading before as well. Let's talk to Peter. He says, Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as God's slaves. And what about James? So whatever you say or do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. And the last one, Paul. He says in Romans, Just as you you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, now so offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. When you are slaves to sin... You are free from the control of righteousness. But what, did that, well, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slow eternal life. So all those, all those passages highlight a, a little truth about how, what our mind thinks a lot of the time. You actually think you're free when you're actually not as free as you think. Like he said in there, you have the mindset that uh, you are free to do whatever you want. Before, you're, be, before, I'm free. No one's imposing any tyrannical rule over me. I'm free, and as long as I'm not hurting anybody, that's fine, all right? But you might, know, might have noticed in there, yeah, you're free from the control of righteousness, but you're a slave to sin. So at, at one time, you're free. At the same time, you're a slave. It just depends on who the master is, because sorry, the law of Jesus sets you free, but you're then a slave to God. So, this is the spiritual truth around freedom. Um, a little, a good example of this. Um, you might, to just to bring this home, I believe that this is exactly the same process by which we define addiction. Now, you can be a slave to anything. Like, what are the, there's some symbols up there. Food, prescriptions, gaming, alcohol, illicit drugs, gambling, smoking, shopping, and sex. You can be a slave to anything. You could, you could add heaps of things. You could add coffee. You could be a slave to anything. That's right. I'm, not, I'm, I'm doing okay with most of those things. I'm not, I'm not really addicted to any of those things. But I've got a little test for you. All right. Um, if you think you're not addicted to something, just go without it for a couple of days. And then see. You say, I'm not addicted to coffee. It's fine. Coffee's not my master. Just go without it for a couple of days. I dare you. <laughs> then we'll see who the master is. You know, it might be a phone. How about that? How about social media? Just, no, I'm not addicted to social media. I just look at it every now and again, you know? Just go with that. Just, just don't look at it for a couple of days. Just see how you go. See who's the master. The truth is, you are a slave to something. You are a slave. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage. Born into 
Yes. So this is a prison for your mind. You are a slave to something. All right? Whether or not you like it, whether or not you realize it, you are a slave to something. All right? And so the rest of the sermon, I'm going to try and figure out how to be a slave to the right thing. Okay? So... This all sounds like God's just being a big bossy killjoy and doesn't want you to enjoy anything because it's like he's just, no, you're a slave to me now. This, it could sound a bit like that. But um, John Piper has got a really good perspective on what this has to do. And it's got to do with renewing your mind. Paul says in Romans, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because it can feel like when you're submitting to something, it's like, oh, do I have to do this? Do I have to submit to God's laws? Oh, gosh, this is really boring and not fun. But, yeah, it feels like that if your mind is not renewed. But I'm just going to let John Piper explain this because he can speak way better than I can. Here's the reason the Christian life is freedom. The transformation is a transformation from bondage into freedom. Here's the reason. Freedom is doing what you love to do. If what you love to do is what you ought to do. And transformation is the change of our hearts so that what we love to do is what we ought to do. So that's what renewing your mind and so i want to bring yes your mind is the the key element here because like i said before you're a trinity all right so um you are your mind you are your body and you are your spirit right they are they're all part of you you cannot extricate yourself from any of them and that kind of is what death is when you actually separate those three things and that's actually not a good thing but um I got this idea, you might think that's a bit of a stretch, but I actually got this idea from the Bible, so bear with me, and it's from this verse. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. All right, so this is a very, very deep verse. All right, and there's three things going on, isn't it? There, well, there's actually four. But there is your mind, which can be controlled by either your flesh or your spirit. And this is the situation you are in your entire life after you become a Christian. That's the, that's the kicker because the last part in this, it's all a big if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. So, Paul makes it clear. Your, your mind is in the middle, all right? That's you, all right? That's, your, that's the part of you that makes the decisions. That's a part of you that's shown by your flesh, your body, all right? Your flesh just wants this, and your, your, your mind can listen to that. It's fine. Okay, ready. I want that, I want that, I want that. Or your spirit is pulling you in another direction, the opposite direction towards God, and you can choose to listen to that. I want what the spirit wants. That's what, that's what Paul's talking about. And he goes to great lengths. To point out that you are a slave, your mind, prison for your mind, all right? You are a slave to something, but the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The kicker is, until you become a believer in Christ, your spirit is actually dead. You are not a trinity. (laughs) 
It says in, uh, it says in the book of Ephesians, because Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. So, before Jesus saves us, are we physically dead? Oh, we're still heart still beating, our you know, brain's still ticking, like you can move around. You're, you're not mentally dead, you are alive, you can think, all right? You're spiritually dead. The spiritual part of you is dead in transgressions until you are saved by Jesus Christ. And so, that then becomes an interesting battle. Your mind cannot be pulled in any direction by a dead spirit. You have only one direction to go. That's the direction of your flesh, which, unfortunately, leads to uh, death. And that's the situation we're in. The thing is that when you actually become a believer in Jesus, when you submit to him as your Lord and Savior, he reinvigorates your spirit. He connects you. He gives you his spirit. He reinvigorates yours, and you are connected to God, and that is the only way that you can figure out what God wants. And it's the only way that you can choose to follow it. And the good thing is, you get to choose um, if, indeed, God's Spirit lives in you. All right. This is my gospel message, by the way. If you, it was a little bit, little bit masked. You need Jesus. I'm so sorry. That is the only way you can actually do anything but listen to your spirit, listen to your, your flesh. So when it comes down to it, you're not truly free. You're a slave either way. But at least when you have Jesus, you get to choose which direction your mind follows. So, and I've, and I've heard it said, you know, a really good little example of that. It's a, it's a little proverb. Um, I don't know where it came from. It might be American Indian. I don't know. But there's a, there's a struggle going on inside you, and that can be um, an allegory of that could be like two dogs. There's a black dog and a white dog. You've probably heard this one before. Which dog wins the dog you feed, yes. All right. So, you want to listen to your spirit? Feed your spirit. Stop feeding your flesh too much. All right? <laughs> not everything your flesh says is right. Not everything your flesh says is what you should do. It's not always true. But if you never feed your spirit, your flesh is still, even if it's alive, it's still going to be weaker than your flesh. So, um, now, possibly the coolest guy who's ever lived in 1979, wrote a song called Serve Somebody. Um, he figured it out before I did. Does anyone know this song? It is Bob Dylan. And I'm going to play a couple of verses for you now.
All right. Do you reckon we should play that song at church sometime? Do it in the worship break. All right, next time we're on, we're going to play that song. It's got like seven verses though, so maybe we can, (laughs) maybe at the end, everyone can just dance at the end. That's cool. But I hope that gets stuck in your head today. You're going to have to serve somebody. It might be the devil. It might be the Lord. The devil we're going to equate with your flesh today. But you're going to have to serve somebody. So when it's all said and done, if you want freedom, the best thing that you can hope for is freedom in Christ. Now, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. On a point, I just want to appeal to the third part of your trinity, your body. This is where you actually have to do something. All right. This is where your body is engaged. This is where you actually step out into the world and actually do something. Because, you know, you can think about everything. You can read all the Bible and pray all you want. But if you never get out there and actually do something, you're still not serving God. I'm sorry. (laughs) But freedom to others once we actually have freed ourselves. So you might be somewhere in um, the process. Let's, Let's try and just do a bit of soul searching now. Where are you in the process do you actually think, do you actually realize that you're a slave? Have you accepted the fact that you're going to have to serve somebody, you are not your own person? Maybe that's the part that you're at in, in the process. <clears throat> Maybe you've got past that flesh, and that is an ongoing choice every single minute of the day. There is no way around it. Maybe you're at the part where you need to balance your freedom with the right amount of responsibility. <clears throat> Whatever the case, you're going to have to repeat that again and again and again and again until you are made into the likeness of Jesus. This is a little summary of the Christian, (laughs) if indeed the Spirit of God is working in you. So, the reason we need to be like Jesus is in this wonderful verse in Philippians. It says, do do not uh, be like Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. Dying on a cross. But you could say, the only one, if you think about it, the only one who actually lives in complete, utter um, freedom is Jesus, right? He doesn't serve anyone. Like, he is actually the King of kings, the Lord of lords. But he humbled himself still. He is our role model. He laid it all down, accepted the status of a servant, resisted the temptation of his flesh, followed the Spirit of God, and took responsibility for the sin of the entire world. That's something worthwhile aiming towards, isn't it? <laughs> you reckon you can do that? Well, start now, work towards it, and get to the point of uh, where, you, where you get to based on where Jesus wants you to be by the time he sees you face to face. So, sitting back, enjoying the freedom in Christ, taking no responsibility for righteous living, that's not an option. It's not an option. And you might know people who say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yep, I believe in Jesus. I read the Bible. I pray. When you say, you know, what do you do? You know, it's like, it's like in the book of James. It's like, what do you actually do? You know, if you're not doing anything to serve anyone, then you can't say that you are following your spirit. <clears throat> Jesus makes it abundantly clear that you can't serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. So, I'd like to challenge you. Where are you at? What's your body doing? Mind doing to choose your spirit and bring your body into order. Who are you serving? What are you a slave to if not God? 
Or if you're fully committed to God, what are you taking responsibility for? Free yourself from your own flesh and bring freedom to others. And today, that brings us back to IGM. IJM. Fantastic organisation. Um, yourself. Um, sacrifice for the mission of actually bringing freedom to others. Sign up for a monthly giving partnership. Um, it's a fantastic way to take responsibility for a very real area of need. Another good way to follow your spirit is actually just notice what upsets you, what grieves you. What do you see happening in the world to you? Feed that. Take it on board. And when, you're, when your flesh arcs up, say, ah, oh, no worry about it, just get back to your phone. Just put your flesh away and listen to your spirit in that moment. That, again and again and again, is going to um, indicate to you which way your mind should go. Um, <clears throat> So if I can get the band up, that would be amazing, to, ready to go, because the prayer that I'm going to offer at the end is not a very long one, <clears throat> but it's a powerful one, because it's a psalm. But before I did that, I wanted to share with you, whoop, ah, oh my gosh, back please, back. <laughs> can we just go to the last slide, thanks man, the black and white one. A little while ago, I had to, I had to sift back through my uh, my Instagram feed that I haven't used for years um, to find this. Um, just go, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take it from here. Oh my gosh, back one. There it is. Thank you so much. Good work, dude. There it is. Stop. Pause. All right, cool. Oh my gosh. There it is. Okay, anyway, the last few lines of this is all I really wanted to share with you. You're not obligated to complete the work, all right? Sometimes it can feel overwhelming. My goodness, what do you do? But you neither are you free to abandon it. So it might feel like what you're facing, what you need to take responsibility for is completely overwhelming. And that's okay because, believe it or not, there's more people in the world that are following Jesus than just you, all right? You can get together with other people or just take responsibility for your part, but you are not free to abandon it, okay? Now, let's pray, and then we're going to pass back to the band. This is from Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Amen. Thanks very much, guys.